Bentornati tifosi napolitani to another edition of Far From Vesuvius Frenemies. And this week for Inter Napoli, I have probably one of the best people to talk to as far as Inter goes. One of the best for Serie A as well. He is the host of Calcio Connection podcast. His name is Alex Dono. What's going on, my friend? How are you today? Rafa, I'm doing so well, man. And it's an honor to be on with you. You, you do such a great job with all this programming, man. I'm, I'm so happy. And I know we're going to get into it. I am so excited and nervous for this match because this one, th- this is a big one for Inter. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of these, uh, it's about as close to a must win as you can get in November. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, uh, you know, Inter are only seven points out of both Milan and Napoli. Uh, you know, an Inter win here, plus, uh, you know, hopefully if, if you know, we're, we're both hoping Milan drop points, I'm sure. But, uh, I mean, and you're right back in it. You know, you can be, if you can beat Napoli and if somehow Fiorentina can beat Milan, you're four points off the Scudetto, you know, and, and um, you know, it, Going into the season, Alex, uh, I personally want to tell you that I had Inter winning the Scudetto. I I made my picks after the um, even after the Mercato, and I still had Inter winning it. I know a lot of people might have uh, thought differently about them because of Lukaku and Hakimi and Conte leaving, but the the pickups that you guys made, especially Correa, for me was so important. Uh, Zeko still doing his thing, uh, you know, and, and I, I remained, I remained and Simone Inzaghi, of course, you know, is a very good coach. I kept Inter in that Scudetto spot because I give them champions respect and the fact that they, they did make good moves, you know, uh, to, to, I mean, I wouldn't say like for like, but they definitely made moves to uh, uh, like pretty much make up for the losses. How do you feel about the transfer window, the way it went, losing the biggest player uh, Inter's had in a long time, and then kind of just seeing what you're seeing now? Uh, how, how do you feel in November about the moves from, from the transfer window? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably actually felt maybe a little bit better about the transfer window right when it was closing than I do right now, but I'm still hopeful. Uh, as far as the outgoings go, obviously it's very hard to replace someone like Lukaku, what he did for Inter and Hakimi, absolutely. I, I still, I, I thought and I still think that the biggest loss was Conte. I mean, and I like Inzaghi a lot. I think Inzaghi was the best possible replacement, but... Mm-hmm. You know, Conte to me is just, especially domestically, world class. I mean, people can pick apart his European record, but domestically, you know, you can't argue. You can't argue the results that he's created at so many different clubs. Um, but you know, as far as far as some of the players in the transfer window, um, I've been pleasantly surprised by at least one, and I'm still waiting for more from a few others. Uh, I did not expect Edin Dzeko to have the impact that he's had. I mean, he's, you know, I've, I I watched him pretty closely at Roma the previous couple of seasons, and I really thought he had fallen off. I think for him, uh, motivation, I think, is a big part of it. I think the change of scenery and, uh, you know, he just looks like a man possessed to start the season, and he meshes well, obviously, with his teammates and clearly works well with the formation. So I think that's paid off as well. So he's been a big, pleasant surprise to me. 
like you, I'm a big fan of Tuku Korea. Um, he's, yeah. you know, I, I think the best is yet to come with him. At least I hope, um, because his his role, you know, it, it's been a lot of little injuries, and Inter have had terrible luck with international breaks. I mean, he comes out of this one fine, but in the previous couple international breaks, he came back with knocks both times. So he just really hasn't been consistently available enough and fully fit enough. And I also think the fact that Jekyll has played so well and, uh, you know, and Lautaro has been a pretty regular starter. Uh, so it's kind of taken away some opportunities from Jack from, uh, from Korea to be in the starting 11. But I, I still, you know, I, I think that, I'm hopeful that, you know, we're, we're only kind of seeing the beginning with him because he's not been very consistent. Although, you know, when he scores, he tends to score twice because he's got four goals and they've been two braces so far this season. Uh, you know, obviously people will all, all, always point to the addition of Hakan Chahanolu, who he's put in a few excellent performances. I thought he was very good against Milan right before the international break, but he's also had some clunkers, which has been the story on Hakan's career, right? At least sure. his career in Serie A. I didn't really watch him before he got to Milan, but very inconsistent. Um, and, you know, a, a player uh, that we are uh, really, I think, waiting to just develop and find comfort. Uh, he's already getting criticized by a lot of Interisti, but I think it's a little bit early is uh, Denzel Dumfries, uh, because I think the yes. just the adjustment from coming over from the Dutch league to Serie A, uh, I think it's it's he's still really kind of picking up the tactics, and I think his confidence has been up and down. We've seen a, a couple of good performances from him, some really poor performances, you know. And and I'm not comparing the two players; I would never compare these two, at least not yet. Uh, but I think a lot of Interisti forget that it took Ashraf Hakimi a while to really find his footing. He had some poor performances the first half of the season last year. And then from January on, he was world class. So, again, I'm not directly comparing Dumfries to Hakimi, but I would say have more patience with this guy. So, uh, and listen, the key, and you touched on this a little bit, Rafa, as far as Inter's transfer window did, I think on a shoestring budget, I thought they actually did an excellent job you know, replacing a couple of world-class high-priced exits with some good uh, with some good counterparts. So I thought they did a fine job in the transfer window. And they, you know, they you, you could argue that they have the deepest, if not maybe one of the two or three deepest squads in Serie A still. And you've seen, you know, players coming off the bench have an impact. And especially in the five-sub era now, according yeah. to these FIFA rules, it gives them a bit of an advantage over most teams. Jekyll has seven goals, and I think he only scored eight last year with Roma. So that's, I mean, seven goals in November. I mean, 35 years old. Uh, he's actually, he shares a birthday with me, Ed and Jekyll. I just realized that now. So that's, uh, that's a pretty cool, cool uh, thing. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about where, uh, like, where they are in the standings now. Um, third place, seven points adrift. Um you know, a couple of drop points, uh, you know, drop points to Juventus, drop points to Milan. Um, the loss, I who was the loss against? I forgot. The Lazio. The loss was to Lazio. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, but only that one loss, you know. Um, are you content with where they are in the in the standings right now? Do you do you do you see them uh, like somehow catch? I know it's so early, man. It's still only the 13th match of the season. But do you see them possibly, you know, getting back into the, like, because right now, if you ask anybody, they'll tell you it's a two-horse race right now between Napoli and Milan. But that could definitely change. And 
can Inter hang? Like, you know, you talked about their depth. Can they make it a three, a three horse race for the Scudetto? I think they can. Uh, and, and let me, I'll answer the first part of it as far as uh, my, my feelings on where Inter are in the standings. I think if you, if you zoom out, it's, it's not so bad. They're actually only uh, two points behind where they were at this time a season ago. Uh, now, I don't know if I can count on them going on, you know, an 11 match winning streak the second half of the season, like they did last year, but they're only two points off where they were a season ago. I just think that, um, you know, I, I I didn't expect Napoli and Milan both to start this hot. So if mm-hmm. you if you just look at where Inter are kind of in a vacuum, it's really not so bad. They're in striking range. It's just Napoli and Milan have both been flying. So it, it makes things look a little bit worse than they really are. As far as making it a three horse race, uh, I I think that um, this this upcoming match day is going to tell us a lot, right? Because you talk about being seven points back. If Inter are able to get all three points against Napoli, then they're right back in it. And it's officially a three-horse race, sure. regardless of what happens with Milan. Now, if right. Milan were to also drop points, then, then you know it's, then we're then it's on. Yeah. Then, sure. then it's absolutely on. But but then mm-hmm. on the flip side of that though, Rafa, if Inter lose and they're 10 points back of Napoli, especially if Milan beat Fiorentina and then they're 10 points back of both teams. You know, I don't want to get overly dramatic in, you know, mid-November, but I think being 10, even this early, I think being 10 points back of two teams, it's going to make it very difficult. And and I think then you would need to see something like you saw last year where Inter went on a huge winning streak. Like, you would need to see something like that. And, uh, and you know, right now, you know, you talked about the matches that Inter have drawn and then the one match they lost. You know, I think the the frustrating thing for Interisti uh, so far this season has just been they they've dropped points in all of the big games. Like they have, they've only lost one of them, but you know they had a draw with Atalanta, a draw with Milan, a draw with Juventus. So they they don't really have a signature win yet in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, they're hoping this weekend can be it. It's going to be difficult with all the injuries, and at least you know. I, I think it's looking better on who's fit enough to play. I just don't know how many players are actually 100%. Speaking of players being 100%, how is Barella doing? Is, is uh, I'm uh, we had, but no, I'm sorry, not Barella, Bastoni. Bastoni, right. Bastoni had to leave camp um, uh, early from the Italian national team to come back. Um, what's going on with him? Uh, what's the what's the eleven look like? Uh, is it the normal eleven of the of the Bastoni, Devry, and Screenyar in the back? Um, I'm guessing Barella is going to be in the midfield too. With um, with uh, uh, my gosh, my names uh, just with, with Hakan and Brozovic. Hakan and Brozovic, right? And um, you know, Zeko, Zeko available. Is everybody available? Is everybody ready to go? Uh, are we having issues with Bastoni? What's going yeah, on? Here's here's what we're looking like right now. Um, I I believe Bastoni will be fit enough to start, which is okay. good news. But Inter will be without Stefan de Vrij. He picked up a, a knock with with the Netherlands, so he is uh-huh. going. He is going to be out for this game, and obviously, historically, at least, you know, since he's been in the club uh, for the last, you know, four seasons, uh, Devray has overall been tremendous. He's actually not been in great form so far this season, so I would expect, uh, and, and he's not fit anyway, so it's a moot point. But I, I would expect Ranocchia to start in his place, um, and Ranocchia over the years has been a meme for in pieces as well. 
So it's looking like it's going to be Bastoni, Ranocchia, and Skriniar in the back. Obviously, Handanovic in net. Um, and then the midfield, I think it's going to be the regular midfield. Now, Barella is – he looks exhausted. Like, he's looked exhausted with the Azzurri, which Very. is unfortunate. Yeah. Very. But I, I think he's going to start – with Brozovic, who's having a tremendous season, and Hakan Chalhanolu, you never know what you're going to get with this guy. He could be world-class or he could be awful. We'll find out. And then up front, uh, so Jekko, Jekko missed uh, missed uh, the, the games with Bosnia. I did see that. Due to mm-hmm. injury. Um, my understanding is that Jekko is fit enough to be in the squad, and right now there are conflicting reports as to whether he'll start or come off the bench. So it seems to me like it's 50-50, Lautaro is going to start. Uh, I just were unsure, you know, probably until Sunday morning, whether Lautaro is going to be with Correa or with Jekyll. Okay. And then uh, Alexis, I see, has picked up an injury as well, right? Alexis yeah, so he good. won't be available off the bench. And I, I didn't mention, uh, I forgot to mention the wingbacks. I would expect yeah. to see... Pedersic yeah, and Darmian? Yeah, I would expect Pedersic on the left uh, to start and Darmian on the right. That's usually who... That's usually the big match starter for Inzaghi. Mm-hmm. All right, um, how do you see it going, man? What do you What are you thinking? That's the big question, um, you know. And and I I'm almost I'm trying not even to allow myself to consider losing this game. Although on it, I'll say this: I think it's more likely Napoli take all three points than Inter take all three points. So I'm, I think I'm expecting a draw. Is the way that I look at this. Um, yeah, I think it would it would really help Inter if Barella uh, was was fully fit. He's going to start, but he's just he's looked like he needs a break. And unfortunately, between Inter and the Azzurri and three competitions with the club, he's just not getting that. Um, you know, I I think uh, I think Ranocchia can do a job back there in the back three, but you always with him, you're walking on eggshells because he he's prone to make some some mistakes and. You know, I, I need I need to see more from Lautaro. I need to see more consistency. He's just he's missing too many sitters, and it's really unfortunate. So, uh, just Napoli, obviously, they're in tremendous form. They're in better league form. If this game were in Naples, mm. I would be very afraid of something really bad happening. I think the fact mm. that it's in Milano, and it's unfortunate. I don't really understand the full reasons why. You know. Italian politics, whatever, that Napoli can't even travel to this game, which I think right. is unfortunate because I, I wish they were allowed to have their contingent there. But obviously that, you know, you would assume that's going to give more of an advantage the atmosphere to Inter. So I, I think Inter can get something out of this game. I think maybe a 1-1 or a 2-2 draw. But Napoli are really dangerous. We get to see our old friend Luciano Spalletti. And um, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm hoping for a win, but I'm thinking a draw. All right. Well, I mean, that's fair enough. I, I think... I think I'd, I think I'd be happy with a draw. I think going to Milan to get a draw from you know the current Italian champions uh, who are you know not in bad form at all you know yeah. uh, is is something that we can you know be be okay with. I mean, we're see Napoli this season are taking care of the smaller teams. They're taking care of the games that they should be winning. That the games that they you know historically might you know drop a few points to because of whatever reason. Um, and uh, and a draw away to Inter would be f- phenomenal, in my opinion. It just sucks that Milan has to have their best start in 67 seasons. You know, it's funny, right? A team like Milan, right? Come on. 
a team like Milan, <laughs> this is the season that they choose to start the, their, their best start in 67 seasons. Of course, because Napoli have the same exact record. Yes, of course. Um, real quickly, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk on Wednesday. Uh, Champions League, I mean, it's looking good. Um, you took care of the mighty uh, group giants of the Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how they, they they took three points against everybody except Inter. So <laughs> I love it. I actually I, I I was loving the Shakhtar. I mean the the Sheriff hype, and I was really like not because they're Inter, but I was hoping for something from from Sheriff to like compete for the rest of it. But I mean, I mean they're still in. It's six points. But you guys oh, yeah. it looks like you and Real Madrid. Um, I, I always really was interested in this group in the Champions League because of the three Italian managers. I thought that was real cool. I don't remember a time where there were three Italian managers in one same group. Yeah, I hadn't if even thought about that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a great point. I if there's anybody out there, that. yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. If anybody out there can can you know point me in the direction of finding out <laughs> or if anybody knows off the top of their head, just hit us up at Far From Vesuvius. Um, but yeah, I mean, three Italian managers in the same group, it, it always intrigued me. And, and, um, uh, you guys go up against Deserbi. He's a former Napoli guy himself. Um, uh, on Wednesday, you have a manager in, um, in Simone Inzaghi who last season got out of the group stage with Lazio. Um, and now you guys look like you're going to get out of the group stage here for the first time in God knows how long, right? Almost a decade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are your uh, What are your hopes for in the Champions League? Are you looking to like get go all? I mean, I'm sure you want to go all the way. Who doesn't want to go all the way? But realistically, uh, should you get out of this group stage? What do you What do you What is a good showing in Europe for you? Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's a great question, and um, I, I think the answer would probably vary from Interista to Interista. Um, for for me, heading into it l- long before the group stage even started this year, um, for me, it was get into the knockout stages that I, I would be somewhat satisfying with just getting to the round of sixteen, and that may feel like kind of a low standard for a team that was, you know, pot one in this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I also understood, uh, you know, the content. And it's it's one of these things, Rafa, where Inter are just so complicated because there's not to say Napoli can't be. I know, of course. But oh. one of the things about Inter, especially lately, is, you know, you, you almost have to wear two hats when you're studying and covering the club. There's the on the field hat and then there's the off the field hat. And it's just right. it's been so it's been so difficult with with everything, with budgets and. You know, a lot of a lot of misinformation. Like I, I know, I know the financial situation with ownership is is bad, but you know, you can't really get a straight answer. Is it catastrophic bad or is it attainable bad? I just know it's bad. I don't know exactly where it is on that scale. So I, I think a lot of that, when you study all this off the pitch stuff, it does lower your standard a little bit. I mean, it's 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 not you know usual. Like, there, there are some Interisti who didn't even really expect 
you know, to say, oh, Scudetto is the standard for – they were almost like, oh, we won it last year, but there's no way it's going to happen this year. I, I still – I thought Inter have a good enough squad that uh, I didn't – I didn't actually – I picked Juventus to win a Scudetto, which is not aging well, at least not yet. No. Uh, but I did not pick Inter to win the Scudetto this year, but I did pick them to compete for it. So, you know, you go back after uh, – I think it's been three consecutive seasons since they've been back in Champions League and couldn't pass the group stage, including twice under Conte once under Spalletti, twice under Conte, that, uh, you know, my, I, I would be, I would be pretty thrilled with quarterfinals. I'd be satisfied with round of 16. And I, it'd be hard to imagine getting to the semifinals, although four or five years ago, Roma surprised everyone and did it. So it's not impossible. Not impossible. Not impossible. Uh, Alex, you are an Inter fan, um, but our fans probably don't know how you became one. And I'm sure if you could, if you guys go over and listen to uh, Cultural Connection with him and the um, one of a kind Jerry Mancini, <laughs> um, why don't you tell our listeners how you became an Inter fan, my man? Yeah, you know my my story it's strictly passed down from family. Uh, my my father is uh, is from Milano. He grew up in Italy. Okay. okay. Yeah, right. and and he is in. And this is like very very common in Milano to have houses divided. Like it's something. Yes. You know, because because Inter and Milan, it's not based on geography really, and mm-hmm. and it's very common in families over there to have you know certain children a Milanese interista. So. My father, his older brother, my Gio Beppe, is a Milanista. So they, they wow. always had feuds, although my my nonno, may he rest in peace, my father's father was an Interista. So I always say my dad was the good son because he he took his allegiances <laughs> from his dad where, where my uncle rebelled and became a Milanista. Hmm. So, yeah, my, my father passed it down to me. And I, I it was, you know, for when I was a really little kid, I didn't really care about calcio, but then when I was seven years old, for whatever reason, I think it was because I started playing, but I caught the bug. Like, you know, yeah. you know, because my, my father tried to get me into it when I was like four, five, six, and I'm trying to get my three-year-old son into it. And he's he's responding to it a little bit, but it's like something, a switch for me when I was seven years old, I started to care. And then I'm like asking my dad, tell me more about Inter. And, you know, he started buying me some gear and That's yeah, cool. been that way ever since. Love it. I love it, man. Similar to my story, you know, nice. passed down from generation. Uh, my, my dad's from Na- Naples, like in the city of Naples, too. Not even like in the outskirts. You know how? Yeah, my dad, uh, dad's from, you know, Procida or, you know, here, Castellamata, whatever. Right. Salerno, whatever. No, dad was born and raised uh, at the train station, uh, the uh, central train station in Naples. Um, and just. Just we go nuts for it. I mean, I, ever since I was a little kid, and now my kids too. So similar. Yeah, very I see similar. the pictures of you and your kids. Oh, and I think it's so cool. It's awesome, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and my ten-year-old is so like you have this to look forward to, man. My ten-year-old yeah. is the most knowledgeable dude. Like we can have s- incredibly intelligent conversations about Napoli and about certain players. And we were having a Chucky Lozano conversation yesterday, the remarks that he had made. And he was like hitting me with these, like, well, dad, he's, you know, he's, uh, he is a good player. He he makes a good point. There might be bigger teams out there than Napoli. And I'm like, all right, dude. All right, dude, relax. (laughs) You know know what's funny? You know what's funny about my kid? I, I, I find this to be hilarious and a little bit concerning. Uh, so, you know, my, my, my son, he's, he's going to be four in a few months, so he doesn't mm-hmm. completely understand the game, but 
Not yet. My, my son, he, he's getting there. But my son, um, he he loves Romelu Lukaku. Oh, okay. So, like, I'm really worried because, like, let, last season, you know, because you know, Lukaku scored a ton of goals. We'd watch mm-hmm. games together. He always wanted to pretend to be the guy who scored all the goals, and that was Lukaku. And so, like, I've explained to him, like, you know, 10 times, oh, you know, he's not on the team anymore. He's on Chelsea. And then it's like every time an intermatch comes on, he'll ask me, he's like, how's Lukaku doing with mm-hmm. his new team? I'm like, mm-hmm. don't worry about him. He's actually not doing that great with his new team. Let's look. <laughs> he also likes Lautaro and Barella. But my kid, my kid loved, like, he fell in love with Lukaku last season. So it's like, I have to teach that lesson really young that players come and go. Like the crest is forever. Yes. Don't get too attached to players. Mm-hmm. Well, so my kid, my my oldest kid, my older kid, Rocco, he uh he was he was born in the Cavani days. So he sl- he he faintly remembers me yelling Cavani, Cavani, you know. And uh and then it was Iguain. So when he was when he was able to understand. It was Iguain. I think it was in the manner Iguain left Napoli that he really understood. Oh, Iguain's trash. No good. No good. <laughs> so hopefully your son gets off that, you know, uh, Lukaku train and yeah. doesn't become a Chelsea fan. He is like he like he likes Lautaro. So I just need Lautaro to score more goals. That's so it. You just need. Chance. Yeah, you just need Lautaro to, to to you know get get it going. But um, all right, man. Listen, uh, cultural connection. But I know you do a lot more. Why don't you, real quick, just tell us what what it is that you do? You know, outside of culture, what do you what do you got going on, Alex? Don't know. Thanks so much, man. Yes, yeah, so outside of uh, the cultural connection, uh, you know, da- down here uh, in Miami, I-, I cover the local sports teams. Uh, I do post game shows on the Miami Dolphins radio network and Miami Hurricanes radio network. Uh, for uh, 560 WQAM here, and I do uh, internet streams daily on FiveReasonSports.com. You know, we 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 shoot the breeze. We talk a lot of different things, but for for that for those platforms, I I focus on uh, the Miami Dolphins in the NFL, the Miami Hurricanes in college football, the Miami Heat, a uh, little bit of Florida Panthers and hockey talk. So. I, uh, I'm, I'm usually, I have two or three screens going on any given, you know, Saturday and Sunday, oh, watching yeah. a bunch of different games from Calcio to American football. Dude. And my, my cousin, Dan, my cousin, Daniele, Daniele Meluzis. What's up, Dan? My, 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 he's like Dan? my brother. He's a humongous Miami Dolphins fan. He, oh, he's actually yeah, taking, you should, yeah. you should tell him to tune in. We talk a ton of Dolphins. We'll do. I mean, he's, he's up here in New York with me. We, we work together, but he's headed down to the Dolphins Jets game on Sunday with, uh, with his son. So um, maybe a maybe a cool shout out would be cool if you could. I, I will. <laughs> do a I will absolutely. I'll, and and I'll, especially the the more Dolphins fans we can get at MetLife, you know, we call it the MetLife takeover. I I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, so Alex, uh, good luck with Inter the rest of the season. Good luck. Especially this weekend, because I think you're gonna need it, my man. Napoli is Napoli's looking good, dude. I, and listen, their players. Listen, I'm a big proponent. I don't know if this is you, but yeah. I'm a big proponent of. And a lot of people that I know in my circle aren't really fond of the national the in the national team breaks. Um, I love it. I love national team football. I really do. But but but. I'm always itching to get back to Napoli. My my thing is this. I always want my players on Napoli to do good. So I'm always keeping my eye on those players. And these guys had a friggin' killer international week, man. Yeah, I saw so, that. 
Yeah, I mean, you had Ramani scoring goals for Kosovo. You had, you know, Angisa got a goal, which is rare. Uh, uh, two goals from uh, Elmas and like two assists in another match that he was in. Uh, uh, you know, the the team is the team is doing well outside in their national team. I feel like it when they come back to, from a break after having such a great time with their national team that hopefully I know they're tired, but hopefully that can like motivate them to get a W against Inter. It's so important. This is a very important match. Um, I know you did a preview on, on cultural connection that you just posted, I believe right before we recorded. So everybody, I want everybody that's listening here to go right over after you're done and listen to that preview. Uh, You had on Uh, Uncle Sharma. You had Uncle Sharma. Okay, yeah. yes. And you previewed Internopoly. Listen to it. Guys, please uh, always support our cultural content creators. Alex is one of the best that does it with Jerry Mancini. You, you know, if you could get past Jerry and his uh, constant Cheeto Immobile chat, um, he'll bring him up in any single instance that you guys ever, right? ever. <laughs> I've been on the show. It it always comes back to Gio. It's like, (laughs) you ever going to not talk about Immobile? Is there a way you could not find a way not to talk about Immobile? (laughs) But he's an amazing person. I love the guy. He's he's the best. He is a great person. Um, But yeah, go support, uh, you know, Alex and Jerry at the Cultural Connection. Uh, Anything else you want to say real quick before we head out? uh, Good luck to you as well. And and the most important thing... uh, I, I want this to be a really exciting match because uh, Inter has certainly had some of those. Like I, I've been, I was disappointed by you know drop points against Milan and drop points against Atalanta, but those were two of uh, two of the better matches in Serie A this season. And I think that sure. Inter and Napoli, there, there is a recipe for a great match. Obviously, I hope to take all three points, and I also hope and I expect Spalletti to be cheered because he deserves it, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he he had he had a nice time. It took Inter out of a really tough period and helped solidify the project. So, and and I I'm not expecting him to get whistled. Maybe a few idiots. I think he's going to get the good reception he deserves. Well, let's hope everybody. Twelve o'clock Eastern on Sunday, Inter Napoli battle for early battle for the Scudetto. Let's uh, let's all get into it. Um, Alex, I want to thank you again for coming on. Hopefully, we can get you on again soon. I'd love that. Um, and yeah, man, yeah, good luck, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Ciao, ciao.